You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast it's uh been amazing you guys have been amazing out there uh checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um it's just a real real pleasure uh of course i'm your host brent thomas this is the paranormal portal podcast and uh once again special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible Hey y'all, it's Don with Paranormal Portal. Thanks again for joining us. As promised, this is part two of James Bobo Fay of Bigfoot and Beyond and Finding Bigfoot. Let's jump right on in and let's get to those phone calls that we teased last time. Thank you again and please enjoy. So, guys, the, the phone lines are open. If you've got any questions for Mr. Bobo, you can uh, call in, and, and we'll certainly let you talk to him. But, uh, you know, that can go either way. Or if you're not, you're a little intimidated by calling in, just please keep leaving your messages in the chat. Don, have you seen any questions? Uh, yeah, I've seen some. Um, uh, our friend Christy, she asks if you've ever come across a female with a baby. Uh, no, but I've there was a female I used to track that had young ones with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, first saw the, the small ones when they were about five and a half, six inches. And the last time I saw them, they were probably 11 to 13, somewhere in there. They kind of vary. Right. And that's the thing about footprints you find is that, um, it's been people go, well, there's a 14 inch one up there and a 17 inch one up there. Well, just in the, what they call the dermal ridge prints mm-hmm. in that one trackway, the foot, depending on the substrate and the angle of the soil, it's tracks measured the same foot in the consecutive track oh, line right. would measure between 14 to 18 inches, depending on the substrate. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Wow. That's a big foot. <laughs> yeah. But I'm putting up bump. Sorry. I, you know, I, I, I say things like that and it sounds like it's planned, but honest to God, that this comes out of me. I have no idea why, but, um, it sounds like I'm clever, but I'm really not. Um, I was going to ask you, do you think that, do you think that they migrate or, or at least mm-hmm. semi migrate? Do you think that they're, or do you think they're anchored to one, one distinct area and that's it? I think they have their territories, but they also roam. Um, according to the natives, they have like, Bigfoot jamborees or powwows where they, the Sasquatch get together and we'll discuss territories. And it's a way for them to like not interbreed. Like they come from all over, like, like oh. supposedly around up in Northern California, they'll go meet up at Mount Shasta in the summertime. Um, in the Pacific, uh, Olympic Peninsula had two spots, one on the West side, one on the East side. <laughs> wow. And 
they would get together and they would um the Bigfoots would just they would say, Oh, so and so like old big smokey died up in Red River drainage that he didn't well whoever didn't show up for the spring conclave or early summer conclave, they you were written off like, okay, you're not you didn't make it through the winter and your territory is open for like one of these young guys looking for his own territory. Mm, that okay. that kind of thing. Okay. Now um like, I, that's the second time I've heard that claim. Uh, I heard it from someone else. I don't remember who, but it was a couple of years ago. And they were talking about how it was on the moon cycles that they would meet on the full moons or whatever in, in these these situations. Wow. Yeah, like a new. Usually it's a new moon, but. New moon? Okay. Wow. But I mean, it could be full moon in other places. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was just, I just remember hearing that. And at the time, I just kind of shelved it away because like, I was like, well, I wonder how somebody can know that. And and so it got kind of just left in the in my brain until you just mentioned it. Now I was like, "Oh Christ, that there is something to that." Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, where I learned a lot of stuff was, uh, you know, interesting that people ask you where's the best place to go squatching, and I'm like, really, like kind of the Midwest East is, I think, the best spots. But the people with the most knowledge that interact with them the most is definitely the tribes of the Pacific Pacific Northwest and British Columbia and. Mm-hmm. Oregon and Washington, they uh, and some in a little bit in Northern California, not to the same extent as those guys, but those tribes out of the Olympic Peninsula just deal with them such a daily, intimate level. Um, and they, the one of the tribes out there, that there's uh, each major food source has a family that it's their job to know everything about it, like where where they are. It can be found at any time of the year. Like there's one family, that's like a salmon family, like they're in charge of knowing all the salmon runs and mm-hmm. where they lay their eggs, where's the best fishing, what's the best way to catch them. Um, there's like a wolf family. Like they need to know like all everything about wolves and they need to get a wolf hide for a ceremony. Like they go get it. Or they, there's a grizzly bear family, black bear family. Well, this family that I knew was a Sasquatch family. Oh, cool. <laughs> and and they were telling me about that. And her, um, her husband who uh, has passed away now, he was the police chief for the tribe, one of the tribes out there. Mm-hmm. And he was up on the um, Olympic National Park in the their old their old tribal lands, but it's now the national park. He was up there hunting bear. This was thirty five years ago, forty years ago, mm-hmm. and he was saw what he thought was an elk herd coming down this. Um, he was way up in a river, and it, incidentally enough, it's the river just to the north where it comes out of where the meeting spot was for the. Bigfoots in that whole southwest corner of Washington supposedly met was wow. down. At, I just put that together later. That was the same river. But he saw 30 to 35 Bigfoots at sunrise walking down the river bar, um, just meandering along with a couple of huge males in the front. And then from, they said from 10 foot all the way down to like three and a half, four feet. Wow. Um, females, males, just all kind of met, looking like looking for food along the riverbank and just walking along and they never saw him but he saw that wow that's really cool i can't imagine yeah. what that would look like how what would what would 30 some sasquatch walking together look yeah, like it'd be like crazy. we're gonna die <laughs> yeah it's an invasion <laughs> that's it that's it they're taking over back to your bags kids uh we got a couple yeah. of calls here brother um are you ready yeah to- i'm yeah, go ahead. Whatever you want. All right. All right. Here we go. The first call is coming from area code 858. Is that you, Lewis? Uh-huh. All right. Welcome to the show, Lewis. Good to hear from hey, you. Hey, what's up? Uh, We're good. Uh, you got a question mm, for Bobo? Uh-oh. Something's wrong. Something's wrong? Yeah. Um, do you uh, ever dream about Bigfoot? Like, has he ever um, visited you in dreams? Yeah, I I don't think I've ever been what I what I take as like a visitation like message from him, but I've had endless dreams about him, like seeing him or interacting with him, but nothing that I'd say was like kind of any telepathic message or anything like that. Good question, Lewis. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I used to watch your shows. The shows uh, I always sleep while <laughs> with the TV on, listening to them, watching the movie. You can't go to sleep without excitement going. It'll keep you up all night. <laughs> Excellent. I'll have you on the edge of your seat. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Thanks for calling, Lewis. It's good to hear from you, brother. Yeah, can you? Uh, oh. Also, Bobo, can you do your famous uh, howl or your call? You know what? I can't. I've, I, I I just got my voice back today. <laughs> I did I did some a couple weeks ago, and I man, I, uh, we couldn't even. There's been a lot of days where we were supposed to uh, do an episode of Bigfoot and Beyond on my podcast with Cliff, mm-hmm. and we can't do it because my throat's been just so shot. And the doctor's been telling me more like really adamant now, like you got to quit doing those. You're not gonna be able to talk when oh. you get older. Like your, oh, your vocal cords are so damaged. Oh God. Okay. So, but if I'm filming or something, I'll bust Absolutely. a couple out, but I usually, I usually crack halfway through now anyways. And it just sounds real, <laughs> real bad. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Well, thanks Lewis. Thanks for calling Lewis. Good to hear from you, brother. All right. Uh, Okay, so we're going to move to the next call. They're starting to come in now. Um, this is area code 517. You're on the air. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, nothing much. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. figured I'd get a quick call in for I had to talk quits for the night. Sure. Yeah, you got a question for Bobo? Yeah, uh... I had the same question as a uh, purple hobbit. Have you uh, seen anything else besides uh, Bigfoot out there? Mm. Yeah, when we were filming Finding Bigfoot, um, I saw the least of everyone. I was actually sitting up front, but I still didn't see it all that great. I just caught the glimpse at the end. A black cat, like a black mountain lion, ah. shot in front of our car. We were coming back from a night investigation up in um, uh, Minnesota. Um, we were on the mainland. Oh wow! Uh, Lake Lake Houghton Houghton Lake. I think it was. Is that way up north? Anyways, uh, it's on. Well, when you hold your hand up, yeah, it's uh, around the where the middle finger meets your palm. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Or a little south of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that Cliff saw it really well. I think Matt saw it pretty good. Renee saw it, and then another thing we saw was. Uh, we were filming at Lake Kinsua in Pennsylvania. We didn't even know that this, they were supposed to have anything like this. But we were uh, shooting a scene, and the helicopter was flying overhead. And they had jet boats on the sides of us, like 100 yards away, filming us. And they said, act like you're talking excited and point out, <laughs> point to uh, like where you're going. Just you know, Because that was the one fake part of the show is we had to take these modes of transportation when it was like, you know, we didn't have to take like a, a mud bogging thing or something, you know, we could have just took a four by four, but anyways, sure. so they wanted to make it real dramatic. Like we had a boat into this place and we, we did boat in, but they made it seem like bigger deal than it was. But anyways, when we were doing that. I see like, I'm a, I was commercial fisherman for 19 years and I was lifelong surfer and stuff. And I, I, I know the oceans, I know ways and animals in the water really, really well. And I'm looking out and the wind was blowing and or we were going straight in, into the sun and the wind uh, was both coming out of the like west, whatever. And the wind was blowing about 30. So it was white capping about, you know, like 18, 20 inch white caps were coming up. So it was real pretty big chop for a lake. And I'm noticing this thing cutting through the chop way off in the distance in the glare. But I, I put on my polarized sunglasses. I didn't want us to wear sunglasses, but I put on my polarized glasses. And I can see it. I'm looking and I'm like, it almost looks like a giant sea lion or something. Then I see it. I see it real clear, like where it's not in the glare at this point. There's fish jumping in front of it, like launching out of the water, like fish just going airborne. And I see about a 12 to 15 foot section of, like, uh, it wasn't scales like a, it wasn't scales like a sturgeon, mm. but smooth like a sea lion, mm. something like that, or an eel. And I saw about 12 to 15 feet of it with no fin. Uh, any kind of appendage, no head, no tail. It was just solid body mass cutting through that uh, where the fish were jumping in front of. And I started, and I was yelling, you know, Matt Cliff and Renee, like, look, 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 there it is. And you know, I picked up the walkie and I'm telling the camp, because we had we had two boats with cameras chasing us, filming us from the sides. We had a helicopter with a, you know, $200,000 camera system in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at like a lake serpent <laughs> right quarter mile in front of us just flying along and then matt cliff and renee saw it but they only saw the last part when it went underwater they just saw the last time it flashed 
like up, like the hump of it, I guess you'd call it, uh-huh. like the back. Right. And, they, and it, yeah. it, it went under, and it, we didn't see it again. But they saw, they saw it for about, they probably saw it for about five, six seconds, something like that. And I watched it for probably 45 seconds. Oh, my God. Where was this? Lake Kinsua. It was the one where we played whale sounds off the, oh, the yeah. bridge that got hit with yep. the tornado. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. That's incredibly wild. Wow. Yeah, but then there was a few UFO sightings when we were filming. Oh, very cool. Yeah, but in Canada, it was just nothing dramatic. It was just like the glowing big white dots that would blink in on and off. Mm-hmm. Kind of silvery white glowing objects in the sky that move real weird and blink on and they turn out and also they pop back on somewhere else far away. Oh, yeah. Seen that one night up there. It, didn't you... Uh... Go ahead. So, uh, just one more quick question. Okay. Have you seen, um, see, how do I put this? Uh, any different types of Sasquatch? Like, uh, I guess people put them in class, like one, two or three. No. And I, I'm still perplexed by that because people talk about like the dog man and this and that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how much you guys get into that on this show. Yeah, we do. But yeah, I mean, but as far as tracks go, all the tracks that I've seen that Meldrum's and Meldrum's collection, Cliff's collection, they're all the same. They all have the exact same anatomical features. You, know, you always hear about these three-toed tracks or like twelve-foot, mm. twelve-inch, fourteen-inch canid tracks, and none of them ever. When you see them, I've never seen anything that stands up as being real. Oh, okay. So you're so not. So I don't know, but. But there's great eyewitnesses for seeing these things. Like, right. I don't know what to make. I mean, Dogman just seems like a paranormal thing to me. Oh, okay. um, whereas Bigfoot's definitely in the archaeological, you know, historical record. Like, there's some fossil evidence pointing to something like that. Whereas there's nothing pointed to a bipedal canid, you know. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I've always often wondered too. Yeah. And it's not that I doubt that they're out there. I'm sure people are seeing something very real. It's just I don't know what the hell they are, where they come from, because. That, that that was exactly what I mentioned on one of the shows. It's like with, with Bigfoot, there's all kinds of hominids in the fossil record. So you can see a chain of, well, this may be where it came from or this may be where it came from. But something like a dogman, it's just like, pow, there's nothing um, that that would go backwards from that, you know? Right. Yeah. And um, you're talking about finding Bigfoot kind of open the national dialogue yeah. on a smaller scale. But I think it's kind of cool is Dogman Encounters Radio with Vic Cundiff yep. that – yeah, that's opened the door for, and I look back now on all the people that told me, I can't tell you how many people told me they saw like a dog. Well, they'd call it a werewolf sure. back then, but I would always say, yeah, you, you just saw, you misidentified a Bigfoot. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> bipedal big hair covered things, seven, eight feet tall, but they're Bigfoot. So like, and I just laugh going wolf man, like you're freaking nuts. And now I'm like, <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm that same guy that was telling me I was nuts for believing in Bigfoot when I'm telling some guy that saw a dog, <laughs> exactly, man, that there's yeah. no such thing as dog, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, Vic was on the show just recently. We had a great talk with him. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a real, really nice guy. Yeah. Oh, he's super cool. I, I didn't even ask. I was, I was corresponding with him a little bit, but I never even asked him to be on our show. I figured he gets hit up so much. No, he's, he was great. It, and really, uh, he, he made it work. So, um, you know, which sometimes isn't easy with schedules and stuff. But, right. yeah, it was. we had a lot of fun talking about the dog, awesome, man. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I know he puts in a ton of time talking to, like, does he have, like, uh, you know, listening to the show, like, one of the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, does he have, like, uh, assistance or something? Because he... One of the guests that called in was talking about when they called in, they, they like they were talking like they had talked to someone else, and Vic kind of goes through and oh, picks maybe. out, yeah, uh, you know who he's going to talk to from that. Or so. uh, did that come up at all? I was just wondering. No, as far as we discussed, it was just some like we only discussed him and his role in it, so I didn't hear about anybody. Did you, Don? Do you remember? No, I, I don't remember him having like you know handler or you know. <laughs> An agent or well you know handler yeah. because you know paisley deals with handlers all the time oh sure so sure. um but uh you know people who you know uh filter phone calls or you know rifle through emails and go toss this one toss that one you know yeah um i didn't 
don't get the feeling that he he does that um that he has people that uh right. assistants or you know uh executive directors or whatnot so sure um i'm pretty sure he just pretty much does all of it himself yeah absolutely yeah it's, it's a lot of, like i know wes at sasquatch chronicles i mean you know his show takes a couple hours a week but he spends 50 hours a week counseling people about their trauma yeah. and their sightings you yeah. know yeah yeah and vic does something very very similar to that yep, he does. you know with uh, right. with dog man encounters yeah yeah a big part of what he does he said is is to help people right. to deal with it he said by the time they actually hit the air He's already been working with these people for quite a while and helping them with their problem, you know, and help helping them reassemble their life because some people are just really messed up after that. Did, did, did we forget there's a yeah. caller on the line? No, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I knew he was there, but I figured he brought it up so he can be part of the discussion. There you go. <laughs> he can be part of the discussion too. So, uh, but thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal Store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in so um but we do have a bunch more calls so uh hope you're not busy for a while bobo <laughs> no, i'm wide open man all right cool so uh the next one is coming from area code uh where the hell to go oh five zero no yeah five zero four are we still connected wait hold yeah we are okay I just want to make yes, sure. Yes, we are. We're still connected. Okay. It's well. Christy. Hi, Hi Christy. Christy. Welcome to the show. Christy Sci-Fi. Yep. Christy How sci-fi. are you? <laughs> great to see you. Hi, Thanks. y'all. How Thanks. y'all doing? We're doing good, great. Hello. We got Bobo here, so what can be wrong? <laughs> oh, Don. <laughs> so, I know, huh? Don and Brent. Yeah. And hello to Bobo. There you go. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> Oh, pretty good. Just listening to the podcast. I, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I love these guys. They're pretty good. Pretty awesome. Yeah, they, I just started listening to them a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, they are. Yep. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. <laughs> yeah, they, they're really good. They get into some good stories. Let me tell you, it, it puts you on the edge of the seat. <laughs> Little butt puckering. Sometimes I'm like sitting outside looking around going, uh, no, I don't want to see a ghost. I'd rather see a Sasquatch. There you go. <laughs> yep. Amen. So, I'm telling you. My question is, I actually have two. Uh, the first one is, have you ever went on an expedition and actually connected with the Sasquatch, making you feel like I know you? Um... Not on expeditions, just maybe the the closest places I go near my house. Uh, I took mm-hmm. out a guy a few years ago, this German hitchhiker guy that was all dressed up like to backpack, like uh, wearing really expensive gear. And I mean, he had he looked like he was set to go for months, you know, it's huge pack. And I kept seeing him around the redwoods and I picked him up and it turned out he was, it was four years ago. We had those huge snowstorms out here. And there was like 30 foot the snow all through the Sierras and he came out to hike the Pacific crest trail and couldn't get through. So he was hanging out in the redwoods for a couple months waiting for the snow to melt. 
and I picked him up and he was a carpenter and I had some work for him to do. And so he spent like a couple of weeks with me and, and then I was, I, he wanted to go back in the Redwoods because he heard so much about Bigfoot. He read books at my house and looked at all the casts and got super into it. And I said, well, I got a spot I can take you to where I've had the most action. I said, I don't know. You know, it's if you, I said, I'll take you out there and you go off trail and just hike like the next valley over. There's no one. I've never seen another soul over there. I said, if you go up in there. And so we got to the parking area where I park and I did a couple loud howls and whoops and a knock. And we hiked in, and as we were walking in, about 200 yards down the trail, there was a, a dead rabbit laid out, like, presented. Like, it looked like it was still warm, like, had a broken neck. It was just laying there, like, stretched out across the trail, like, but, like, presented. Like, someone laid it there. Like, it didn't die. Like, have a heart attack mid-jump or something. I was like, oh, man, that's strange. And then got, like, heard some soft knocking, but I couldn't tell for sure. It might have been a bird or something. And I took him down a couple miles down the, the main trail, and I said, all right, this is where you got to cut up, and hiked him up a elk, little elk trail. I said, just keep going that way, go for another mile or two, and then you drop down this valley and camp in there for a few weeks and just make some noise. And I said, they'll probably show up. Yeah, and I did another couple of howls up there, then I got, hiked back down to the main trail, and then there was another bunny, a big one, right? And this thing was just been killed. It was still way warm laid out right where I went off the trail where I used to put out um, fruit and candies and stuff for it. And then when I hiked back on the trail back where I found the first dead rabbit, there was another one laid out and they were all in the exact same position, like head on the left side of the trail, their legs placed together, laying on its side. So I, I took that as a, they were gifting me uh, rabbits. But other than that, I mean, I've had them leave sticks, feathers and r rocks and like old shoes and old necklaces and stuff like that. But uh, where I where I would go all the time, they would never. I think because I established like an, an antagonistic relationship from the get go by doing aggressive calls and screams and yells. Like because that was the only way we knew we knew how to get them going was to make them mad, mm. <laughs> which oh, is not wow. the best way to start a relationship. <laughs> but, <laughs> But they would never take my no. food. I would, no. I'd, put, I'd put stuff out, and it would. If the raccoons or foxes or bears didn't get it, um, they would. They they wouldn't touch it um, for me, anyways. So that was like the only time I had like where I felt like, oh, that was a connection. Or I've had them where I go up to the same spots I go all the time, where they'll um, maybe give me some knocks. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm I I take it like they're doing it to me, but. Who knows? I mean, it could just be me, my imagination. That's cool. Well, thank you. For yeah, we the ones down here don't. They the ones down here don't knock. They they don't knock at all. I've heard a scoff and I've seen eye shine. I've been on several expeditions myself with with my group down here, and you know the scoffing was the the most uh, tense moment. You know when they go, they they go bah. Bah, bah, at you, you know. Mm. So I know. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely, they, uh, um, they definitely scream and vocalize around huh? the country. They're not the same, like the way they howl and scream and knock, like what they do around the country. It totally varies. Some areas they scream and yell, and other places they only knock, or vice versa. Or hmm. it's yeah, it's, it's it's definitely regional. Yeah, we don't we don't hear too many knocks. Yeah, we don't hear too many knocks. We had a couple, but um, like in one expedition, we had a lot of vocalizations, but far off in the distance. It, it you could tell it was like a female, hmm. and we had that recording, you know. Uh huh. And the the eye shine, we got some eye shine up in Arkansas, which was pretty cool. Hmm. We had two of them on uh, opposite ends, so that was. That was a weird area. That was close to Falk, Arkansas, you know? Uh-huh. Oh. oh, yeah. And that was pretty, that was a pretty hairy, hairy area. <laughs> that, that place still goes that off that whole cool. Boggy Creek area. And we saw, I hate telling this story. It's, it's, it's just such the Murphy's Law, Squatcher's Law, whatever. But last year, I was, a year ago, May, I was down in there. And we were on south of uh, Falk Boggy Creek on the Louisiana side. And my buddy and I saw a huge mm -hmm. 
absolutely huge monster one. Like I, I didn't know they could. I, I the first one I saw was about ten footer, Jeez. and this one, this one was, it was eleven foot, but so much map more mass. I mean, it was, oh. it was gigantic. It dwarfed a fifteen hundred pound bull, that was closer than it was. The bull was closer than us in the thermal than the Sasquatch was, and it was, the Sasquatch was still bigger than the bull. Wow, by a lot, by a lot. Wow. Yeah, I had a brand new eighteen thousand wow. dollar thermal. Right. Yeah, that guy Wally had bought for the Olympic project. I don't know if you guys know the Olympic project. Oh, sure. Derek Randall's. Yep. Yeah, um, I, they they just got a brand new unit, and I didn't realize Bart Catino had had one of those. He's he's got shot the Sierra footage, the Sierra's uh, rock throwing footage. He got that thermal, but uh, he had turned a, another model in to FLIR because. There was a problem follow up with the record the SD card where it slides in would uh, it, it had a glitch and it would say it was recording it would say it was in and it looked like it was in but it was not recording. Oh no! And that's what happened to me. I thought I recorded Ooh. and I flipped out. I called Ooh. Cliff. I called Derek. I called everyone like at one two in the morning. Just going, I got it. I got it because I'm like <laughs> I watched it on the thermal oh, and no. it never recorded it. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, that's a heartbreaker. Oh man. Oh, dude, it would have been, wow. been. It probably would have been better. It would have probably been better than the Patterson footage, just because you, it was so big. You, you couldn't. There's no way it could be a human. It was gigantic. Wow, that's unbelievable. Of course, I. And we I, found. I old, <laughs> yeah, we found. We found old foot. We found old. Uh, we we think it walked. I mean, we found these 24 inch impressions in the mud up on this embankment where that had been dried out for months, but. They were six foot apart. Each one was 24 inches by about 12, 13 inches wide. Wow. And it looked like giant, huge, giant Bigfoot tracks where it stepped in the mud and sank down like two feet, then pulled its foot out, took another step. And this thing walked right by there that, that night we saw it on thermal. And we saw, I mean, it walked in front of a, it was a power cut through power lines. We saw, we watched it walk in front of a power pole. Right. And we saw where its head, where it went underneath the branches, where it went in the bushes and, it was, it was, it sounds nuts, but it was like 11 foot tall and like almost six foot across the shoulders, probably in four foot from front of the chest to the back. Oh my Jeez. God. That's just a monster. That's huge. <laughs> That's but, a big dude. Yeah. We both said, <laughs> that'd be we a flea said, on his back. <laughs> we were saying it had to weigh 2,500 pounds at least because Whoa. it was, it dwarfed, I mean, it was, it was, it dwarfed the bull. I mean, just dwarfed it. Right. Wow. So, Christy, did you have a second question real quick? Wow. Yes, I do. Um, it, It's real quick. Um, Here you go. Is Renee a believer now? Just <laughs> <laughs> talked to her this morning. She said she still thinks it's a paranormal uh, spiritual phenomena. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that's better than, than not believing at all. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, that's... But, yeah, her... Yeah, her exactly, job on the show. Though, exactly. her, her job on the show was to be wrong all the time and be a skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that my granddaughter would say, "No, he's real. He's the Bigfoot. <laughs> he, she don't know. He's real. He's yeah. real." <laughs> nice. Well, thank all you, right. thank you, Christy. So, it's great to hear from well, you. I think. Yes, there? I have to call in sometimes. Yeah. And 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 thank y'all very much and y'all have a wonderful afternoon and I'm going to go back and listen to the podcast. There you go. Thanks, <laughs> right, Chrissy. We'll see, you. see you now. Bye. Okay. Did, now, you want, did you want to ask an right. important question? Yeah, we got a couple uh questions uh from the chat. First one was I'm supposed to ask you what did it feel like to humiliate Tony Merkel on the, the Sasquatch quarantine, Chron- <laughs> quarantine trivia game on Sasquatch Chronicles <laughs> and being responsible well, for good. bringing <laughs> He also he also asked uh, how do you feel about bringing uh, shame to the generations to come in the Merkel family <laughs> <laughs> It's a standalone It'll haunt him for seven generations. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that question was posed by our very good friend, Mr. West from Sasquatch Chronicles, the girl. Oh, hey, Wes. <laughs> yeah, he's hanging out in the chat room right now. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was that was a good show. I got to tell you, um, I, I'd seen you on several different shows. So, I mean, I, I knew you were a smart guy, but man, you were you were pinning some of that trivia in in a hurry. And I was like, oh, man. 
So I know you. I know you're working with some uh, some serious intellectual skills there. I did pretty good in Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was very impressive. Now another question we had from the chat was, "What was your scariest Bigfoot experience?" Oh, definitely that one where I told you about where the first time where I definitely had an encounter back in 2001 where it growled behind me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That yeah, was horrible. Yeah, because I jumped in my truck when I got out of that night. I had a, I was on a little dirt logging road, and I had to drive down and find a place to turn around and come back and pass back where those things were. When I found the turnaround spot, I was like, a, like kind of like the horror movie. I was just driving a two-wheel drive Toyota, old Toyota with bald tires, and <laughs> I backed it. I backed it off this little ledge and then my tires spun and started spinning dirt, like digging a hole when I went to go forward again. And this was just after I had like the most scary encounter of my life. And I got out of the truck just to look and make sure I, you know, I could get out. All right. When I did that, as I got out of the truck, it screamed at me. It had been running down the hill Oh no! and just came flying through the undergrowth and tree and just like the typical bulldozer going through the woods description. Yeah. That's exactly. And it was screaming. And I, Jump back in and took off, and <laughs> yeah, I always, I always say I can't wait to meet that guard that was down. I went down to the old mill; it's gone now, down at the intersection of Bald Hills Road and the US 101 there at Redwood National Park. And there was a mill there, and I went in there. Was, I don't know, one thirty in the morning, and I come flying in, screaming at the guard. You know, tires burning. You know, just full power slide in there, going, "Get in my truck! There's Bigfoot up the hill. I need a witness." You know, and <laughs> this guy's like scared out of his mind, going. Dude, get out of here. I'm not going to do a truck with some weirdo to go look at Bigfoots at middle of the night. It's some guy screaming and yelling, driving fast, you know, and uh -huh. I, was wanted to hear, I wanted to hear his version of it, but <laughs> that was definitely the scariest night I had with those things. Wow. <laughs> I don't blame you, though. I mean, I'm laughing, but it's just because you got to, I can't imagine what that would have looked like to be the other guy. Just like, <laughs> I got a crack, crack guy out here. Somebody's out on crack. <laughs> oh, totally. That's exactly what he thought. <laughs> you were all tweaking. <laughs> you were tweaking. <laughs> all the rangers, the rangers, the rangers just think I was a tweaker up there at next. I'd be out there in the middle of the night going, looking for Bigfoot. They thought I was trying to break into cars or oh. you know, whatever whatever they thought or I was, sure. you know, poaching or... Or you had some marijuana growth up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's come a long ways. Then then the show comes out, the next thing I know, like I'm taking pictures of them and signing autographs for their nephews or something, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so we got more calls yet. I did have one more question from the chat that I remember seeing, so I'm going to ask before I forget. Have you ever witnessed them burrowing into, like, banks or rivers or mud or, like, going to go underground? Have you ever witnessed anything like that or seen that? No, I've never seen them do anything except for um, just really, I guess, walk. And I saw one kneeling down picking stuff up, but all I've ever seen them do is just walk. Okay. Now, you... uh, but I've seen I've seen where they've dug though. Like uh, when we were at the South Dakota, uh, the Pine Ridge with the Sioux Indians, mm -hmm. one of the witnesses we went out with saw one digging. Um, looked like it was digging out uh, rabbits or something. Where to oh, dug okay. in? But yeah, they they dig. I've seen I've seen where they've dug. What I assume was a Sasquatch dug in with its hands. Oh man, yeah. I suppose the rabbit would <laughs> rabbit be kind of screwed because they they could just go right through that sub that soil. I'm sure. In our oh lives. yeah. Wow. All right, so we got more phone calls. Let's see what's going on to the next caller. This is from area code 320. You're on the air. Hello. Hey, this is Great Lakes Sasquatch. Hey, hey how Great are Lakes. you? Good to see you. Good to hear from you, rather. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Um, I just got a quick question for Bobo. Sure, go ahead. Um, other than the three episodes, other than the three episodes of Finding Bigfoot you did up in Minnesota, have you ever uh, come up here and done any research on your own? No. Um, I was going out there this year. I, I had an expedition planned out there. I was going to be out, like, do a four-day one with, uh, like, a group of people, and then I was going to be out there for, like, another week and a half just by myself. But the whole COVID thing, like, my whole I – was, I was going on the road for several months this summer with a, my truck and trailer and just – camping and researching all the places that I never got to go back when we were filming mm. that were great spots and the whole thing got put on hold till next year also I was, I was going to ask uh, when you did do those episodes uh, up in Minnesota what was your favorite area uh, you were in favorite area god 
I don't remember the name of it. Um, uh, God, what's it called? I mean, it was it was beautiful on the UP. We were at UP for the fall changing of the colors, like late September, mid-September. That was that was gorgeous. That's up Mich- there on the lakes. That's Michigan, though, yeah? Oh, that's Michigan, yeah. Minnesota. Favorite part of Minnesota was... I can't remember the name, but we heard we heard we had a bunch of um, audio stuff happening. Like we heard a lot of vocalizations and knocks. Oh, nice! It's it's where Jim Sherman goes. Hmm. Okay, I'm not sure where he goes. Oh, would that uh, would that have been the Chippewa National Forest? Maybe. I think so. And then I um, could be wrong. Then there's the other guy, uh, Don Abbott. You know him? He's I think he's Chippewa. He's a Native American guy, rides a Harley, but he uh, he's real good Bigfooter, but he's one of the best for sure. And he put us on some spots. It's where we got the he got that cast when we were filming up there last time. And I went, I did uh, four nights out there, and definitely heard knocks, heard some vocalizations, um, didn't see anything. But I mean, that whole area, that, like Minnesota, Michigan, down into Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, the southern part of Indiana, Illinois. Like that, that's the most active spots in the country, like going all the way down through there, down into like Georgia and kind of like they can just take a brush and sweep down from the Midwest down into the South, Southeast. Hmm. It seems like most of the reports still come from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I agree. Is, is that accurate? No. Okay. Um, no, the East, 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 uh, East is definitely in the South, Southeast and Midwest are. Most reports come from out of there. Okay. But, like, if you look at historically, well, uh, people people talk about it more freely out in the West, that's for sure. And it wasn't such a uh, – people didn't even, people still don't even know they have Bigfoots out there. Like, I talk to people all the time, like, well, we, we called it whatever, like, regional monster name and never even thought it could be a Bigfoot, but it was a Bigfoot. You know, it's, I think it's just that it wasn't accepted out in those places. Like, they talk about Bigfoot. If you're on a farm in Minnesota or something, it was sure. just something that wasn't on people's radar. But I think now that people realize they're all over the country and they can be where they live, we're getting way more reports out of those areas. Oh, that's cool. Was there anything else, brother? Very cool. Um, all I was going to say was if you ever come back up to Minnesota, you should check out the Foothills State Forest. Um, I had an experience up there in 2016, and every time I go up there, something happens now. So that's a very good area to check out if you've never been there. That's the summertime spot? Yep. Yep, usually summer is always best. Yeah, do, you guys, um, do you guys get much action out there on the dead of winter? Uh, not typically. There's been a few um, few reports of uh, people finding trackways in the snow, but it's not like a like an everyday occurrence or anything. Um, the only times I've uh, anywhere between like usually like May and uh, late October is when the most activity happens, and then it really quiets down in the winter. But I'm not sure if it's because there's less people out doing stuff out in the woods in the winter too. So. That's what I wonder. I mean, that's that's one of the great questions about Sasquatch. I mean, people can, you know, you can know some things about them, but there's, there's just so many unanswered questions. It's like, do they just walk real far south in this in the wintertime? You know, but I mean, you get out in the like in northern Alberta or Ontario, they could walk a thousand miles and end up down in Wisconsin. You know, <laughs> where it's thirty below. It doesn't get much better for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and you hear and you hear random reports about those frigid areas, frozen areas, like you know, like January prints found or you know Christmas time prints found. So they they don't all leave. I don't know. It's it's perplexing, you know, because you think with all the snow there'd be more trackways found. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't Cliff go into northern Minnesota? Right, unless they just know. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. Yeah, there's a little bit of a lag, so it's just it's kind of tough. We step on each other's toes sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you calling um, in, brother. I was just going to say that. Uh... I'm sorry. This lag is painful. Uh, I do apologize. Thank you for calling in, though. We're going to try another one. Unfortunately, I don't know why it's it's gotten so damn laggy tonight. Yeah, it's it's, it's happening late. every once in a while, and I don't know what's, what's up with it's that. It's the weather. I, it's the weather. Yeah. 
Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in um i I thought i was going to say though i thought that cliff went didn't wasn't he part of uh casting a long trackway in northern minnesota somewhere um or does that not sound right i thought it was one of the longest trackways ever that that i thought he he was uh part of casting like several hundred oh there was that was Oregon. That was Oregon. He ended up catching that guy. It was a hoaxer. It was? Oh, no. Ah. That's. But the guy had great balance because he did a full. What what made us think it was real was, I mean, he obviously had fake, you know, wood, whatever he had. I guess they're covered out of foam. Mm. But he did like a full slide where the foot slid out. And he did like a full ballerina pirouette, oh, like geez. 360 on one foot, and kept walking like out of it, like didn't fall. Like there was no handprint or. So that, that's where we thought, like, this has got to be real because it slid and yeah. twisted and didn't go down. There's no no slip, like, no hand mark or where the knee touched or anything. We thought, well, that had to be a squash to do something like that with these 16-inch feet. Wow. But yeah. no, Cliff found it out. Cliff sussed it out. Later on, it was a hoax. Wow. Oh, what a, what a sucky thing. God. <laughs> I can't believe people go out of their way to just to do that to, because I, I – I, all that does is is just pushes the whole field back further right. again. It's like, damn it, yeah, you know. And the guy considers himself a bigfooter too. That that did the hoax. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, what a oh man, I can't say those words on my show, but yeah, I got a few. <laughs> <laughs> That's that just really pisses me off, though. It's just horrible. Um, yeah, we don't we don't publicly identify him because Cliff made a deal with him if he admitted it and admitted how he did it, he wouldn't out him publicly. Oh, so okay. that was the deal. But I mean, I know who the guy is. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and I won't I won't ask you any more about it. But yeah, that's that's really frustrating to hear. So we got more calls here, brother. Let's see who's next on the line. We've got area code five zero eight. You're on the air. Hello? That's 908. 908. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's you. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, better if I had my glasses, apparently, but I'm doing okay. Thanks. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I got a question. Okay. I got a question for Bobo. Um, I was working up in Alaska in 1991, doing some surveilling. I was, say... Between Denali and the Whitna, and uh, like the northwest part of Alaska, me and a uh, partner, we would get dropped off out there and we'd be there for like a week and then come get us. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, we saw a being, how I put it. It was, uh, it was all white. Um, it was probably around 20 feet tall. Wow. It had a black face. <clears throat> and um, we watched this thing pie for about eight or nine minutes until it disappeared. And I've researched this, and I've never found anything about this about this being that we saw. And I was figuring maybe Bubbles got some inside information. Maybe he's heard things in the past about this thing. And I was just wondering, you know, what was it? Okay. I've I've heard elders talk about stuff like that a few times, but not much, not that exact description. Not twenty feet tall, white with a black face. Was it shaped like a Sasquatch and hairy, or was it? Yeah, yeah. It was. It looked like it was drawn out of a comic book. I mean, it was. It was. It was gigantic. Just, just, after it was gone, we we didn't move probably for about four or five hours, and then when we did, we went to the footprints. I have a 12 boot, and in his footprint, my foot was four and a half. Mm. <clears throat> so four and a half steps total to heel, to, you know, through his one footprint. Wow. So, 
That's crazy. And yeah, it was just... white. And the, the, the weird thing, the weird thing about it was when you hear about Bigfoot is that they have black eyes. This dude, you could see the whites in his eyes. He didn't have, it looked like he had a regular pupil, but you could see the white. And I think that's because the face was so black. I mean, it was black, black. Mm. <clears throat> it's the blackest I've ever seen anything. But, um, yeah, this thing was, it was, um, and I was, I was a kid from the coast of New Jersey. So this was not in my reality. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been looking for this, you know, over 30 years, you know what I mean? Trying to just get any kind of a clue what the hell it was. Some people, you know, I've talked to people. Some people say maybe not so long or, you know, maybe some type of um, the giant Bigfoot. Or, but I was just wondering, because there are native lands up there. It's more in the north, but there are native lands up there in Alaska. And, you know, just wondering if maybe they have stories about these things. Because, uh, it, it was the craziest thing. I mean, I still, I still have, I have nightmares of it still. Yeah, and the, the crazy thing was that it glanced in our direction, but it didn't look directly at us. Thank God. And even though we were in the middle, we were in the middle of, of the open. You know, we were barrowed in the ground, dug out like some little, you know, cavities to get out of the wind to take a break. And, uh, I mean, it's just, <clears throat> I mean, it still affects me to the day. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. That's pretty intense, brother. Wow. You know, do you ever, do you ever hear about things like mountain giants, yeah. Bobo? Just, uh, I've heard that kind of stuff. Yeah. Some other, but I, I don't know much about it. I mean, yeah. it seems kind of hard to believe, but people, people report seeing them and they're like, you hear him tell his story. You're, you know, thinking this guy sounds like a liar, thinking like this guy had a traumatic event. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have no doubt, sir, that what you saw, you saw. I just, that is just a bizarre, I mean, it's already, it's already off the charts when you think about seeing a 12-foot Bigfoot or a 10-foot Bigfoot, but you're adding another 10 feet on that and it's something bigger. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's already terrifying enough without right. that. Yeah. But then when you think of something even so much bigger, it's just that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I I feel for you. I I wish we had answers for you. I, all I could say is, you know, I've heard of the mountain giant stuff too, and it sounds like that might be what you encountered. Uh, they're exceptionally rare. It doesn't happen very often at all that they're witnessed, but every once in a while, somebody somebody comes along saying, hey, I saw something that was really, really bigger than Bigfoot. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you or how to help you deal with that, but my, my heart goes out to you. Yeah, I've heard stories on um, World Bigfoot Radio. Yeah, um, I can't remember the name of the Indian man he speaks to, but they they've they've spoke about caveman certain Bigfoots in certain areas that get yeah yeah caveman yeah caveman yeah yeah caveman was the man they spoke about they've talked about you know beings of Bigfoot's being in a 15 to 20 foot range. Mm. Mm. But, um, if, you know, never nothing in detail or just like, sure. I, don't know, I don't even know what that, what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. I know. You know, but it's, it's, um, it's, I guess any type of information. Sure. Well, I would, did you get any photos? But thank you very much. Did you get footprint photos? No. <clears throat> No, we did not. Okay. The crazy thing is, is that we both had cameras. Oh. Yeah, they're usually the last thing anybody thinks about. So and yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah, and the trackway was when we we decided to go in the opposite direction, so we started to go back east, and we followed a good two miles along his footprints mm. and then we had a we had a break off to go to a certain area right you know to where we knew that we would be able to you know get um reception and you know get picked up because that's how usually would happen but um yeah it's, i've had like my dad 
he's like, you know, he's a dumbass, and you take no pictures. I was like, I didn't even think of it. Exactly. You know, the crazy thing was, was I never even thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish you the best, brother, and thank you for reaching out and talking to us tonight about it. Thank you. I hope you guys have a great night. Great show, guys. Okay. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Very wild. Wow. That's one of those accounts that you're like, oh my God, what do you, how do you handle that? So. Yeah, they have a um, program up there called, I think it's Stories of the Raven. Mm -hmm. They go around and interview elders from all the different tribes up there and villages, and they get stories like that, like the old traditional stories. So I'm sure there's some, uh, there's got to be something on it in there somewhere, but. Yeah, I don't think there's much known. I don't think the natives even know much about those things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've only heard a, just a, a few stories in all the time I've been doing this. And it's not like I've been at it forever, but I've been a paranormal enthusiast for as long as I can remember. And the, the topic of mountain giants just came up within the last three years. Probably it's been on my, my vocabulary. Right. right. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I don't know. It's I, I know it's something I don't want to see, but it's, what is it? I don't know. I have no idea. But we got more. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, you know my, you know uh, Ron Moorhead, the guy Sierra oh, Sounds. Yeah. yeah, Ron's been on the show. Yep. Yeah, he he's friends with the guy like that famous story that was on. I think it was the World Bigfoot Radio, or whatever. I think it was that one. Oh, the old guy. Where, uh, where the uh, the soldiers in Afghanistan, oh, the right. Green Berets that had the mountain giant come out of the cave and stab that guy, and then they shot it. Yeah, the giant of Kandahar. Yep. Yeah, like Ron's met that guy in person and hung out with him and said he's totally telling the truth. And I always thought, like, I was like, no way. And Ron's like, oh, like it's he's that's a real story. Yeah, I've met met two. He's actually met with two of the guys and they had all the paperwork, military paperwork, like their stories fleshed out. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I've I've heard that the 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 main guy that tells that story. I don't know his name, unfortunately, but I've been told that he doesn't. uh, he will not tell that story anymore. He's done telling it. So interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, next we, caller. Next caller. Do we lose you, Bobo? No, I'm there. Okay. Sorry. How you doing? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Do you need? Do you need? Do you need uh, I don't know if you need. We got a couple more calls left, but uh, if you're open to going maybe a little longer, we can. Um, I don't want to, sure. I don't want to ask too much of you though. I, I know you're already swamped and stuff, but, uh, let's get to the next call here first. All right. This is area code two, two, five. Yep. You're on the air. <laughs> Don's like, yep, that's yep, it. That's one. <laughs> Are you there? Hey, uh, hey, how y'all doing? Hey, we're doing good. Thank you for calling in. What's uh, on your mind Bobo? tonight? Hello, Bobo. I just wanted to know: Do you believe in the connection uh, between aliens and Bigfoot? Um, I don't Hello? think they came. Yeah, I don't think they came from. I don't think Bigfoots were begotten by aliens or anything. But I could see if they were. If I mean, I believe there's other life forms visiting this planet, other entities, and if they're studying us and doing DNA, supposedly they're doing DNA stuff with us. If they're doing that, they'd Definitely be doing it with the Bigfoots too, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, do you believe in uh, any of the woo stuff that they talk about? Yeah, I mean, I know t- I've had a few experiences myself, and I've know people that I know really well that have had for sure those things happen, but it doesn't make sense, and I'm. I try to focus. I mean, I'm I'm definitely fascinated by it, and I've the things that I've had experienced, um, like the mind speak and all that kind of stuff, could be explained away. But seeing the balls of light, like the orbs, I, that um, yeah. well, I always tell that one story. I saw a big blue orb one night going through the woods, and it was bright. It sounded wow. just like a big Bigfoot going through the woods. You could hear branches breaking, stomping feet, you know, just crashing through the brush and where the sound was coming from, it was just a blue ball of light. Wow. There, there's been How many, big? Like softball? Basketball. At about 75. Basketball. Wow. It got within 75 feet of me, probably, at the closest, and just kept walking 
<laughs> up up to the it, it headed up towards wow. the Indian the biggest Indian burial grounds on the west coast. Oh wow. Wow. So you think uh, that's it it's very possible that there's a connection. I, I don't know about the UFO part, but like the paranormal I what I the paranormal sense around Bigfoot, if if it really is paranormal, I just kind of see it as pre-normal. Like when we figure stuff out, we get to a technological point where we can, or a spiritual point where we can interact with these things on a more clear level. Um, we'll, we'll find out yeah. then for sure, but it's, it, there's, uh, but I, I like the science. I like the hard science of it all. You know, like there's a lot of stuff going on right now with DNA. And I was just talking to Doug Highcheck, the guy that did monster quest. He, um, he's working on it. We just interviewed him on our podcast actually about they got a, a, a whole study going now on Bigfoot scent, like the oil that comes out of it. Like they're going to be able to tell a lot about about them by just the scent, like when they grab uh, Cracker Jack boxes or whatever it is, like peanut butter jars, and the, the whatever they touch stinks so bad afterwards that oils all over it. They're actually going to be able to chemically analyze those yeah. odors. Oh, cool! Um. Very cool. Don't they leave like grease marks on everything? Yeah, they, they do. Then the dust gets stuck to that. Mm. So people say, yeah, that's a dusty print. Well, no, that's yeah. an oil. That's an oily print. Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, I've seen the yeah. I've seen the oil well, marks uh, like that they leave, and it's it's thick, gnarly stuff. It's it's real thick. Well, I, I, man, this is. Oh, so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really oh, is. Oh, so fascinating. Definitely. Well, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, thanks, Bobo. Yeah, man, have, have a good, good night. night. All right, take care, brother. Thanks for calling. Okay. Yeah, and, I, and that's just my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I hear some, there's definitely some crazy people that are on the woo, the woo side of things. Mm-hmm. And there's also just regular you're, out, you're in the Bigfoot field long enough. You're going to have some weird stuff happen once in a while. Another weird thing we've had happen, I don't know if you can call it paranormal, but is we hear something big and it sounds like, a, and Renee's been with me, this has happened multiple times. We can hear something stomping and we're looking and there's, we're in a meadow and you're, you're therming all around. You can see for hundreds of yards and there's nothing there. That is strange. I, you know, because if anything physical is there, it should have. A heat signature, if she or a cold signature, or something. It should be something differentiating that, but it's just a sound that's there. Hey guys, it's Don again. Thanks for joining us on this part two of James Bobo Fay from Bigfoot and Beyond and Finding Bigfoot here on Paranormal Portal. We do want to thank you one more time just to make sure you know how much we do appreciate you. And come on back next time because our next episode will be the third part of James Bobo Fay in the portal. Thanks and have a great day. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio. As well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormal portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it out. Check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com/slash/paranormalportal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.